0: Hi, I'm Dale Mayfield.
1: And I'm Crispin Mayfield.
0: And this is the Prophetic Imagination Station Podcast.
1: Where we discuss evangelical media from the 80s and 90s to understand how it impacted us and our generation.
0: This season, we're talking about DC Talk's album, Jesus Freak.
1: Y'all, we made it to the end of the Jesus Freak season. Well... I guess we haven't made it yet. We have another hour ahead of us.
0: And we're compressing some things, right? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we're going to tackle the last two songs and the bonus track.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm so excited for today. I know. So excited.
1: So, I mean, basically, just to, you know, set this up so we're all on the same page, There is tons of anti-trans legislation going on throughout the U.S., Uh led by Christians.
0: Oh, that's that's where you're going. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I just feel
1: like the listeners deserve to know a little context. Okay. Um, Also, you know, there's been uh, um, a series of shootings um, between individuals, people claiming stand your ground, I feel like we just should let people know that this is like the world that we are in right now as we're about to talk about these tracks. Okay. Um, Because, you know, there's a lot of of emotions around that.
0: So you're feeling a lot of emotions. That's what you're saying.
1: Yes. Good.
0: Okay. I think that's helpful to get into this. But yeah, I mean, when we started the Jesus Freak season, we knew it was going to be intense. Remember? We were making all those memes about... A religious trauma uh-huh. and Jesus freak. I've been having fun making some TikToks about it. Um and we've sort of petered out. Um mm-hmm. is what I would say. <laughs> is there a technical term for that? Um
1: petered out because we've just been processing our own religious trauma along the way. Is that yeah, what you mean? Yeah.
0: Like how long can you do this mm-hmm. in a row? And so I-, I think it's great to couch this in the reality that like we're tired, we're angry We're dealing with so much stuff in our lives, but then also in the headlines. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not to get too quickly into Conspiracy Corner with DL, (laughs) but, right, there's real threads to Jesus Freaked album, which came out in 1995, and, like, the anti-trans legislation, Mm -hmm. you know, that is basically criminalizing any gender expression outside of Christian, you know, heteronormativity in really, really upsetting ways. So, you know.
1: Right. Yes, definitely. And um, yeah. And so I, I think that is like just some of the backdrop to this. Um, So yeah, I just wanted to prepare people because we're in a, we're in a headspace. We're not coming in like, Oh, let's be curious about this. Like, no. Or at oh, least I'm not. No, Okay,
0: so this is, I do need to say something. I don't know exactly what you're going to say, but I'm like, I have, a th- I have a sense that this is Crispin when he's been pushed too far. I don't know if people are into the Enneagram, but Crispin's Enneagram 9. He's very chill, mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, And then when Crispin gets pushed too far he snaps mm-hmm. and um i love it i love him when christmas snaps i'm here for it <laughs> um, so I've, i have a sense that today we're gonna see um intense christmas which i always love so
1: we'll we'll see we'll see I how it goes yeah.
0: okay
1: part of it was um you know we just these last couple of songs are pretty skippable like this album is full of songs that you're like oh yes that takes me right back and then there are these songs that it's like, yeah, I kind of remember that. So
0: You want to give the titles really quick?
1: Yes. We're going to talk about what have we become
0: mm-hmm.
1: in Mind's Eye.
0: In My Mind's Eye, right? Yes. You said it weird.
1: Uh, mind's Eye oh. is what it is. Okay. And um, Alas, My Love.
0: Which, can we just go out of order and talk about that one really quick? <laughs> Because this is the one I feel like this it is the is perfect the one. ending okay, fine. Okay. To bring it okay. back around
1: to other uh, Christian artists We've talked about on this podcast before Oh okay Just as a little little teaser Okay so yeah I think we should start with What have we become okay.
0: Here's my question. I know what we've become. Yes. Like,
1: okay. So first of all, who is this song uh-huh. prophetic? Is it totally self-deceived? Like, just to give it uh, listeners a, a kind of a gist is like, it's saying that things are not okay in families, in, I think in Christianity.
0: In a- America, I believe. I'm not
1: sure. That's the question. Like, is it to America or is it to the church? Yeah. It's pretty unclear. But there is this element of like, what have we become like in a world that is degenerating? Uh So that to me means it's targeted towards Christians. And
0: where are the righteous ones? Where is the remnant? Like, this is the shit I grew up with. Uh Okay.
1: Yes. You were more triggered by this song. I was more triggered by Uh the next one. But we'll get there. Yeah. I mean, it's. I I I wasn't sure. I do feel my opinion is that this is one of those like calling out the church songs.
0: Okay, yes. But it is hilarious if you think about again the actual audience, right? Mm-hmm. So there's two layers here. This is like this is just like boomer shit right here, right? Uh-huh. What have we become? The world is, you know, degenerate and I mean what's interesting is like the first line is really arresting, right? Because it's about well should we just read it it says a a preacher shuns his brother because his bride's a different color and this is not acceptable his papa taught him so it was love that he'd been preaching but this was overreaching the boundaries stretching further than his heart would choose to go a preacher shuns
1: his brother because his bride's a different color and this is not
0: So you're like, and then it's like, you know, what have we become? A self indulgent people. Da, da, da. It's like, oh my god, racism is bad. Like, what have we become? Like,
1: right you in ninety
0: five. In ninety five year, like what more have than we a, become? more than
1: a decade after interracial marriage has been legalized. What?
0: yeah. Okay. So Anyways, <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> I, that was what stood out to me. Like, I don't know if I'm saying this the right way, but like, just the fact that it's ninety five and they're like this is cutting edge in the church is like such a it's just really depressing. So i
0: think for me listening to this as like a 12 13 year old you know in wyoming or northern california like that first set, that first verse really sets up like oh my god yeah racism is bad i can't believe a preacher like wouldn't talk to his brother cuz he married someone outside the race or whatever you Where, know. Do you think
1: bio brother I don't know. I always read it as like a fellow brother in Christ. No, I but didn't. now that you said that, I but was like, then, oh, yeah. <laughs> but
0: then the chorus is so confusing. It's like, what have we become as self-indulgent people? What have we become? Tell me, where are the righteous ones? What have we become in a world degenerating? What have we become? And so that makes it seem like it's about Christians, like racist Christians. But it literally never talks about that the rest of the song, right?
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Then it kind of says like, what the world tells us to do is to speak your mind, look out for yourself. The answer to it all is a life of wealth. Um, you know, all this stuff. And then <laughs> this one always got me in my feels when I was a kid. The second verse. Uh-huh. Do you remember?
1: Uh, no, but I know what it is. It's. It, I mean, yeah, it, it's a little intense.
0: Okay, you want to read it?
1: Yes. Mom and dad are fighting as Rosie lies there crying. For once again, she's overheard regrets of their mistake. When Christmas bells are ringing, little Rosie'd leave them grieving. The gift she'd give her family would be the pills she'd take. An inconvenient child, she wasn't worth their while. Okay, so it's
0: basically about a young girl.
1: Who feels like a mistake.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And And it's Christmas time.
1: (laughs) Christmas. And And she
0: overdoses on bills. uh Uh-huh. So that's intense. It is. And, like, wildly different than what the first verse was about, right? Mm -hmm. And so then you're like, whoa, okay. Like, Mm -hmm. the parents are so self-absorbed and awful, and they did this to their child. And, you know, Mm -hmm. um, what have we become? Self-indulgent people. What have we become, you know? And then (laughs) there's the Toby Mac um. What about love? What about
1: (laughs) God? You got to get the echoes in there too. Okay, okay, I'll do it.
0: What about love? What about love? What about love? (laughs) What about God? What about God? (laughs) (laughs) And that's it. Those are the two verses. Yes. And they're just like have nothing to do with each other. And then the chorus is mostly just like, what have we become? What have we become? Where are the righteous ones? What about God? What about holiness? It's just such a mess.
1: Yes. Right. It's
0: a mess of a song. And it just cracks me up in a way to think about like DC Talk sitting down and being like, what are two of like the most baddest things we could write about in this that have nothing to do with each other? And... Also, um, how can we get a bunch of 13-year-olds to sing a song that makes them sound like boomers, right? Where we're just <laughs> like, what have we become? Right. I'm like 13. I'm like, guys, what have we become? You know and what I mean?
1: Th- think about it. Okay, so going to the first verse with this racism, right? Uh-huh. Oh, we're racist now. What have we become? Yeah. What about the good old days? Like yeah. That Doesn't make logically any sense. does not make yeah. any sense. What really stood out to me from that verse was... Um, they're putting this emphasis on, like, he's choosing to be racist. He's choosing to be prejudiced. Even and he's though a
0: pastor. I think it, that's kind of the point. Right. Which, again, is interesting.
1: It is interesting. I think that what um, – I think it really skips over – I just think this is worth mentioning. It really skips over uh, the role of um, biblical uh, – Uh, not literacy of um, taking the like biblical literalism Uh and like really skips over because the pastor like that wouldn't say like, Oh, that's what I've just been taught. They would say, this is what God has taught through the Bible. And so I think, uh, I don't know. I just, I mean, I I mentioned that um, all the anti-trans legislation and this just like, you know, reminds me a lot of that. Like they're saying like what, you know, there's this boundary that you're choosing to not overcome but the person on the other side of this, this pastor would say, "No, the Bible clearly says." Yeah, and so I don't know. I just was really struck by. I was thinking about this this last week because I really want to be engaged. I was, you know, sort of engaging with some folks online, um, and I want to be really respectful of people's faith and that the Bible is really important to them. And like that is, I think, when we look at like historic oppression, that is where so much of it has come from is people saying like, yes, I I, I want to do the right thing, but the Bible says. Yeah. And um, so I don't know. It just like just really depressed me to think like about the way that the Bible has been used. And I think, um, yeah, just thinking about, uh, well, OK, so I want to transition this chorus, right? The Speak Your Mind, Look Out for Yourself. The answer of it all is a life of wealth.
0: Like this, that's what the world says. That's
1: what the world says. But this is, I don't, I, I, uh, I want to be generous, but I'm not feeling very generous. This is like what I hear from conservative Christians, right? Speak your mind. Like, you have to take care of yourself. You have the right to do whatever you want as long as it's not changing. Dave
0: Ramsey.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. Remember Brad Stein? I was just thinking about Brad Stein. Maybe listeners know he's this Christian comedian. Mm -hmm. And his whole thing is just like, you know, like I was looking at some YouTubes and I was like, when did it not be okay to say fat anymore. Like why can't I say you know like and Is this,
0: he the laughier way to a better marriage guy?
1: No, but similar thing. Okay. Right? There and and comedians maybe are the most extreme examples, but like these like the th- just hearing this I was, we
0: have a great story about laughing way to a better marriage. Are we we gonna probably tell it? no we probably shouldn't. <laughs> yes we should.
1: <laughs> Danielle, we're gonna make <laughs> we're gonna make it the season finale. <laughs>
0: And then you have to tell it. (laughs) Okay.
1: How explicit are we going to get? So Danielle's parents, (laughs) Danielle's parents, uh, we were house-sitting for them.
0: And I don't know if anybody else has this experience, but if your parents are evangelical, they probably pressure you to watch like Christian movies, listen to Christian music. Like that's one of the main ways they like check in on your relationship. Like, have you seen the new, you know, Fireproof? Like with mm-hmm. Kirk Cameron. Like, you want to watch it? You want to watch it with us? You want to? My parents kept pressuring us to watch this video called "Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage," which is just complimentary and white bullshit. male bullshit. Christian comedian. Laughing about the differences between men and women. And I don't know why we felt so pressured and we were house sitting for Uh them. So we're like, fine. I think we
1: were just like, we were in such a weird place. I don't think we'd been able to. We had just gotten married. I was 21, you were 23. Yeah. And I think we hadn't like formed in our mind like a boundary of like, oh, if like what's maybe helps them is not going to be helpful to us. Like, I think we were more open minded back then. Even
0: books like Love and Respect, I was like, okay. Right. None of this makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, the gender binaries obviously never, ever, ever made sense to me. So most of this was just like, what?
1: Right. So this Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage guy, I can't remember his name. Uh, basically, it like, it's just like, imagine an hour-long stand-up about the differences between men and women, uh-huh. But like with the authority of the Bible,
0: it's a full seminar. Okay, here's what it says: It says you will experience all the facts and side-splitting fun of Mark's look at life, love, and marriage. So his name's Mark. Oh, Mark Gunger, which is interesting. I know, right? Gunger, not that Gunger, guys. Yeah. One.
1: <laughs> and so we started watching it, but we got bored, so we started making out, and and just... one
0: thing led to another.
1: <laughs> As y'all know,
0: we were laughing, but like.
1: <laughs> we... We were just having sex on your parents' living room floor, while
0: while... Mark Gunger told us how to be good men and women. I guess in the background, yeah. And that's our and that's our story. That's our connection. It was great. I love it. Then we just turned it off. We're like, this is bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) And then my parents asked us if we watched it. We're like, yeah.
1: Yeah, and then they like every time they brought it up for a while, and every time they brought it up, we were just like, we'd be
0: like, yeah, we watched it. Uh (laughs) Anywho, yeah. Oh, get back on track, Brisbane.
1: Okay. Um, Yeah, I just, I mean, this, like, I'm wondering, like, are they just self-deceived, or are they like? Or are they prophetic, you know, because everything they say in this course, too, is like speaks directly to like political conservative politics. You know, don't worry about others or where they came from, you know. Yeah. So but I I think that it just is also like speaks to the um, discord between who uh, Christians think they are. When I say Christians, I mean, like, DC talk being sort of like you know, the height of, like, Christian publishing and music at this time and, like, what their values actually are, which we've talked at length about. Yeah,
0: I'm like, I could, like, I feel myself I could go into t- in two directions, right? I could get really into pulling apart this song mm-hmm. and what it means. But then there's, like, this other part in my brain that's just like, this is all gibberish. They didn't really have anything they were actually saying and, you know, this is like a precursor to Fox News. It's just like, let's just throw a bunch of semi-inflammatory shit at the wall and see what sticks mm-hmm. knowing that people who are christians love to sing loudly and lustily about what have we become <laughs> self indulgent not me i mean everybody else not me uh-huh um, exactly. but what have you all become you know so right, yeah. that's <laughs> why i'm like it's actually not really worth unpacking because i'm like it's such a mishmash there mm-hmm. is no s- real central theme it's just wow everybody right. else is doing it wrong
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I got to say, like, I was listening to this song. I know that I'm taking uh, artistic, ethereal intent totally out of this. But listening to the song. Shame think- on you. <laughs> thinking about all this anti-trans legislation
0: mm-hmm.
1: and listening to this verse about a kid that feels like they're a mistake.
0: Exactly. It's really hard not to. Yeah.
1: I mean, I know that they were not thinking about. They were not at all thinking about the high suicide rates among religious youth who are queer.
0: I mean, that's what I thought about. And it's really hard to just sit with that reality that so many kids are growing up in Christian homes right now where trans youth have been made the enemy, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And this is happening at the same time that social media and movies like are finally starting to slowly catch on to the reality that gender binaries, right, mm-hmm. just are not important and nor do they reflect the actual variety of human existence. And so for me, I feel like we are at this horrific crossroads where ki- kids are Somewhat getting access to this information, and yet they're in homes, in churches, in Christian schools, where they're just hearing the most vile things, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, the the rates of suicide for kids who grow up in you know Christian religious households who are gender queer who are you know all these like it's so high, mm-hmm. it's so depressing. Yeah, I don't know what to do.
1: Yeah, and I I think. Um... It's just, like, you know, the, that Toby Mac part, right? What about love? And then it says, what about holiness? And I'm just really struck by, like, how it just, that term, holiness, right, qualifies love. And I don't know. I've just been thinking about, like, okay, this is going way left field. But just thinking about, because we were watching Drunk History recently, and I was thinking about just this pattern throughout U.S. history of, like, religion being used to oppress people and, and just like just present for hundreds of years and so it's not new it's yeah. also depressing
0: well you know i think like if we want to slowly transition to the next song i think a better a way i've been conceptualizing this album and i know we've talked about this before but this album in so many respects was dc talk Trying to package the Billy Graham revivals like mm-hmm. into an audio format
1: with some loud guitars that would reach and drums.
0: teenagers. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so I think this song is very much like a preacher style like you tell two weird anecdotes that don't actually match up right mm-hmm. you say a bunch of things like what have we become you know like right there's no actual like th- so yeah so to me i'm like yeah this seems very billy grammy crusady, revivally, like whipping up some emotions you know like mm-hmm. we gotta do something about this culture you know right so that's what i hear and then obviously the next song is basically the Billy Graham song, isn't it?
1: It is. Yeah. Literally, because uh-huh. there's a Billy Graham quote in it.
0: An audio clip, right?
1: Yes. Uh-huh. It's called Mind's Eye. And I, I want to hear how you would summarize this song.
0: This song? Yes. Um, it's an excellent look at thought reform <laughs> okay. on, and how to brainwash people. How to, how to get people to brainwash themselves. Mm. That's what thought reform is. Mm-hmm. You get them to listen to a voice inside of them. Maybe it's Chairman Mao. Maybe it's Billy Graham's version of Jesus. But you get them to create a relationship with this disembodied voice that they live their life in relation to instead of listening to themselves. Mm-hmm. And again, for people who grew up evangelical, you're like, yeah, that's how everybody grows up. No, it's not, Mm -hmm. it's not. (laughs) If you grew up with Billy Graham being someone revered in your household, like, spoiler alert, you've been exposed to a lot of thought reform tactics. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I would say he's one of the most successful people to employ these, and I think this song, Mind's Eye is just such a good look at that.
1: can we just talk about yeah yeah the the
0: lyrics yes so the intro says in my mind i can see your face as your love pours down in a shower of grace by the way that also seems kind of weird because you know all these christian things they're like is this romantic is this sexual (laughs) (laughs) love pours down a shower of grace my mind goes somewhere else the way you
1: just whispered that did you mean for that to be like edited out i don't know
0: I was like, am I the only one who's thinking something
1: dirty? You were just the saying the other day shower? that you all the double entendres go over your head all the I time. I know,
0: but then sometimes they don't. Um, some people tell me you're just a dream. My faith is the evidence of things unseen. In my mind's eye, in my mind's eye, in my mind's eye, in my mind. So that kind of sets us up for saying like this this relationship that evangelical Christians are sort of raised from birth to develop a relationship with God that's in your mind and you know I grew up being very explicitly taught to imagine Jesus imagine God imagine yourself in these scenarios like and cultivate that relationship right Did that happen for you
1: yeah I remember like making this shift when I was like 14 to like up until that point like I think that was present in some ways like we prayed to Jesus we imagined whatever but it was like up until that point it was like reading the Bible etc yeah but then it was the shift, especially when you had like Hillsong and Vineyard Worship come in. Like I think that was a big part of it, of like you're having this, you know, I- intimate experience with Jesus that's happening in your mind. I actually was really bad at imagining it. Um, yeah, me if too. I'm My goodness, so bad. <laughs>
0: but like, there's so much pressure to do it, and that's why I'm like, yeah, I I tend to like pinpoint charismatics as the ones leading this but it is interesting to see this right this is liberty university this is billy graham and it's like oh yeah they did this all the time too right Mm -hmm. and and so i think it's interesting like some of the verses are like i think they're talking to jesus right yes this is you know what i'm going through i know this is true because you stood in my shoes Desires inside of me but it's hard to believe in what you cannot see so that's the other interesting thing about this sort of doctrine. There's always this admission that it's hard. It's mm-hmm. really hard mm-hmm. to believe in something you can't see, to talk to somebody you can't see. But we know Jesus was a human. We know Jesus experienced what it was like to be human. So I'm just going to trust that Jesus understands what I'm going through and I will cast every care and I'll take everything, you know. like Oh
1: my gosh. Okay. So thinking about Jesus uh, as... Like, I remember hearing stories about Jesus staying up all night to pray. Mm-hmm. Just being, and he was so one with the Father. Uh-huh. And just being like, I could never, like, I could never do that.
0: Oh, I could. <laughs> yes.
1: I would have been miserable. That's true. But I would have done it. Our silent retreat experiences are evidence of that, <sighs> where I just, like, slept and ate food, and you were like, I gotta. I was I gotta.
0: hungry. I was fasting. I was miserable. I'm so glad i don't have to do that anymore oh my gosh so so the song already is like it's hard it's hard to believe in what you cannot see and so then there's all these like little snippets of like can you catch the wind can you see the breeze no but you can see the leaves you know on the tree which i heard that so much growing up did you oh my you? gosh
1: yes and, and that's I mean- the holy
0: spirit but i guess it's also jesus and it's also god
1: this reminded me so much of um I feel like late nineties, early two thousands, I was in a in a family full of people in ministry and there was this huge emphasis, maybe there's always been a huge emphasis on metaphors in sermons. Mm-hmm. And I remember as a teenager being like, You guys think because you have a metaphor for it, it proves that it's true. Which is sort of the gist of this, right? Is like Billy Graham is saying, you know, in that quote, like you can't see the wind, but it moves the trees. Therefore, Jesus died on the cross for your sins, and you have to believe him, or else you will go to hell forever. Mm-hmm. Right? I, like, I
0: love your Billy Graham voice. It's so I, intense. I'm like, I'm triggered. I am, I am triggered. But that's, that's, you got intense I, white male energy all of oh a sudden. I gosh. love it. Keep going. I,
1: I, there is a, a. F- Small flame of, I'll be honest, of yeah. hatred that is like growing in my heart towards Billy Graham. I was gonna say,
0: let's let's unpack this for a minute. Tell I, tell me about Billy Graham.
1: I I think that, um, it's I was thinking about this. I think there's so much. I think I think in a lot of ways, Billy Graham is really touted as a really sim- simple man of faith, when actually, like, whether it's like his. uh um, interactions with presidents, like whether it's trying to. I'm <laughs> <whether, you know, laughs> sorry,
0: these... I just took a picture of you all because I love when Chrisman loses his shit.
1: Okay, anyway, uh, whether it's I mean, really like this, the Billy Graham Crusades, right? And use that word
0: uh-huh.
1: Uh to basically harness political power, yes. like trying to harness the next generation. Um. Anyway, I did But I. I'm I think sure
0: he didn't mind at all the fact that he was lauded and everybody thought he was the world's best man, and they built shrines to him at Leiden right. and Christianity. I'm sure he didn't mind that.
1: No, and even like this element of like, you know, there are lots of yeah. Anyway, um, and I think what really. When I was reflecting on this and what it even felt like as a kid, it felt really gaslighty. Mm-hmm. What felt really gaslighty was, I'm going to show you how how Christianity is true. It's logical. It's rational. You know, here's a metaphor that proves that it's true. You know, I think about like, like you know, Lee Strobel and like, yeah. and what's so gaslighty about it is like you're saying that it's faith. But you're saying like, but it would be really stupid and illogical to believe anything different. Exactly. And I remember just even as a kid feeling so like confused about that, and um, and that's really what pisses me off. Is um, well,
0: and I think that's like the underlying thing about this supremacist worldview of Billy Graham's. Right? It's hard. Mm-hmm. Only the real people can do it and you have to work really hard at it and always be checking in with god and yeah it's just a small select few that can do it get that can hack it that can and yeah and therefore we are the only ones deserving of of going to heaven and Mm -hmm. so i I just think like it's so bad like billy graham's a bad man Mm -hmm. his his theology is very violent not to mention all the horrific political shit he did mm-hmm. and the, his family legacy, right? Mm-hmm. With Franklin. Oh my here.
1: gosh, I had forgotten about Franklin for a minute. Yeah, there.
0: Franklin Graham was like my mortal enemy for a while. Um,
1: remember, remember when you made a fake Franklin Graham Twitter account and yeah. messaged me, and I was and I had no yeah. idea who you were. I was
0: trying to cyber bully Franklin Graham <laughs> for a while.
1: Yeah, I
0: think it didn't work. <laughs> the, the <laughs> He's still going strong, oh he's still a millionaire making I, his money off of hating muslims This is great it's great guys. everything's so great, and we I, have nothing to be upset about I, at I, all.
1: I have one last thing to say about okay. this song is um and that that like message right is I think it's summed up up well when people will say things like it takes more faith to be an atheist. <laughs> Right people will say that or it takes more faith to believe that Do they? Yes, I've heard that before. Listeners back me up. Please let us know if you've heard that before. Cuz we
0: can see the wind in the trees. Exactly.
1: Okay. Right. Okay. And it is it's like there like you know the idea of a like um a god creating everything makes more sense than it just coming out of nowhere. Yeah. Right? But the message there is like okay, so you're saying faith is a good thing, and I think even this line—it's from. I looked it up. Um, it's this verse, right, uh, that says, um, "Faith." This is Hebrews eleven one. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, which is from the King James.
0: Did you see me mathing that I along did, with yes. you? I've heard that so many times. <laughs> right,
1: and. The, that idea of the evidence of things seen, you know, in this uh-huh. 20th century, like everything makes sense. It's scientific. I mean, what it says is like, basically, I mean, in the song, he says, my faith is the evidence that it's true. Yeah. Which means.
0: I love how we are just on totally different tracks. Cause it I- means <laughs>
1: that if you believe it, it is true. Yeah. Like, which is like the most like. Illogical. Illogical yeah. thing. So then I'm going to be like, okay, well, I mean, it, one of our friends and listeners, Maria, uh-huh. uh, was talking to us about Terry Pratchett, sci-fi uh-huh. um, author, who in one of one of Terry Pratchett's worlds, sorry, Maria, if we're getting this wrong, um, whatever you believe is actually true. And that's sort of like what they're saying here is like, I believe it, therefore it's true. Anyway, okay. we know it's not illogical. We, I mean, we know it's not logical, yeah. but... I do think it's just worth (laughs) mentioning I think it's worth mentioning. Like what is it like growing up in that where you're given these conflicting messages of, you know, you have to have faith. It's not something that is clear. And also if you grew up during this era, there were lots of messages of like it is really clear. Okay, this is maybe coming from a dad. Uh who was a science teacher who believed in creationism and young earth. Your dad, yeah. Yes, my dad. And you can prove that creation happened. I mean,
0: it is all connected. It's all illogical. You said, what happens to kids who grow up in this sort of like gaslighty, toxic stew of all of this? Mm -hmm. Um, And I was just looking at my bedside drawer today and all the meds I take that (laughs) barely help me function. (laughs) I was like, oh, yeah. High blood pressure, Um, you know, mental illness as an anxiety disorder. I also have to take something to help me sleep at night because I'm so stressed out in my sleep that I grind my teeth and have horrible pain. And and then I also have to take something if I ever do public speaking. So I was like, okay, yeah, that's that's it. That's what happens. But I kind of want to veer off and talk about just sort of like the explicit teaching in this song of how to um, listen to another voice that's not yourself right and so some of the verses say things like in my mind I'm where I belong as I rest in your arms and like a child I hold on to in my moment of truth I do People to imagine themselves as a child holding on to the hand of Jesus and going it to your mind and engaging in this kind of thought reform, right? And then it says, We can ride the storm, we can endure the pain. You comfort me in my hurricane, and I'll never be alone again. And, and like that horrifies me so much because I think I see how comforting. This is to people who've experienced trauma, to people who've experienced relational disconnect, people who are suffering and feel very alone. You just tell them, like, Jesus is always with you, and you'll never be alone again. Your mind, in your mind, you'll never be alone again. So you can see how that sounds good. Mm-hmm. But if we take a step back... We think about how privacy is just like a fundamental right of every person. Mm-hmm. And if you grow up believing that your mind is not your own, and that fa- in fact, God has access to it. And Satan has, you know, sometimes access. Mm-hmm. It depends on what kind of charismatic you are. Because some people think demons can't read minds. I went to a cult conference about that back in the day. Um you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Like this, so, this,
0: this probably messed me up more than any other Christian doctrine.
1: So here's what's really interesting. Um, putting on my therapist hat. Good. In our field of therapy, yeah. um, we've recently found um, that doing these imaginative exercises are healing for mm-hmm. people. Right. So that's what's really interesting is like it actually, it, it, if I can work with a client and um, we can imagine their grandma that loved them saying, like, I see how hard this is for you. Like, I'm here for you. Like, that is, on a, on a psycho- psychological level, can be just as impactful as having grandma there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's interesting because it's like, oh, yeah. Like, when he says, like, in my mind's eye, I can see it. And they're saying sort of like, this is the proof that it exists. And I'm like, no, in psychology, we just know that you can do that with minds
0: Right, But
1: well, with grandma, it's like grandma has her own life and you can invite her to show up when you need her um, to like be that supportive person or whoever that supportive person is. And I think what you're saying is like God doesn't just like, you know, it's yeah.
0: No, it's like what if your grandma was in your brain at all times and everything you did throughout the day, you had to check in with your grandma you had to make sure your life was in line with grandma you needed grandma to comfort you right if something bad happened you're like well I need to go talk to my grandma in my mind and um and then it kind of got weirder and weirder right the older you got um you you know what I mean like uh, all of a sudden we're like yeah this is maladaptive right Mm -hmm. this is dissociation and this is whatever but then we take it step farther right and it's not just grandma unless grandma's like a deity and Mm -hmm. the leader of a religion that everyone must also conform to. Now you have to go into the world and make sure everyone in the world is also conforming to grandma and talking to grandma and doing what grandma and voting for who grandma wants and living their lives. You you Mm -hmm. know, I'm like, does that sound kind of bad, Crispin? Yes. Well, that's what's, that's, we have lived through a mass, like, psychosis event is how I Mm -hmm. feel when I look at songs like this. Like, Uh DC Talk wanted Billy Graham and Jerry Falwell's vision of grandma in our heads at all times. Mm. And for what purpose? Mm-hmm. In this song, it's like, you'll never be alone again. I totally see how that works and how that gets people and how it's part of the reason I stayed so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, But it's it's their vision and it actively works to be maladaptive, so you never actually learn the skills to trust yourself, to trust your own gut, mm-hmm. which makes you so susceptible to authoritarianism mm-hmm. and exploitation, right. narcissistic abuse, all these things that we see happen time and time again in evangelicalism. Yeah.
1: Yeah. it's uh, It reminds me of uh, last episode with Mark Karras talking about, um, he's like, you know, we, we have these needs. We show up to the church and the church is like, here's this medicine. And there's also a little bit of poison in the medicine that keeps making us sick.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that's like a really good picture, right? Because it is on on the face of it, and there, not even on the face of it, there is a lot of benefit to having a like a divine or spiritual connection, where it's like I don't have to go through this world alone. But you're implanting this political. Yeah, that's really
0: different. So, like yes. having a connection to the divine, like. That is one of the ways humans orient themselves to the world, right? Mm-hmm. You either are like, there's a divine presence and I want to align my life with that in order to make sure my life is okay. Or, right, you're like, the world and being small and being present is, is the other way you can kind of orient. You. So, like, all that is fine. I'm just saying, like, this is another level and I just want to be really clear, To anybody who's listening, if you're a pastor, a spiritual director, a Christian counselor, whatever, like you cannot mess around with this shit with telling people who come from an evangelical background to engage with the voice in their mind's eye that is not them. Like you are playing with fire. That is a thought reform tactic and people need help. Like people need, they do not need to imagine one more time they're talking to God. They need to learn to trust themselves And I am pretty fired up about this because I think even progressive Christians, like they're not doing the work to help people who have been impacted by this thought reform tactic that, you know, authoritarians have used throughout history to get people to do their bidding. Like this is what has happened in the United States. Mm -hmm. Um, So people need to stop talking to Jesus. If they grew up evangelical, I'm like, dude, this is my wide blanket, like, People need to take a break from all this shit. And instead, what I see happening is usually people like me, they end up going to spiritual directors. They go to people like, how can I make this less poisony mm-hmm. and better? And nobody ever told me, like, this actually seems like it's feeding into your lack of self-trust and all this stuff. So that's my little spiel. Yeah. What I'm saying I need people to take this seriously like we have undergone psychological tactics to make us not trust ourselves mm-hmm. and under the illusion like you'll never be alone again and you'll be happy and it's like I'm here to tell you man it did not make me happy and only finding love when you align yourself with that voice of Billy Graham inside of you like that's so bad mm-hmm. and so detrimental to actually being a human who's engaged in the world and who takes responsibility for their own actions in the world. Yeah. Okay, I'm off my soapbox now. (laughs) Okay. Okay, well, we need to get to the Billy Graham part. Hang
1: on. All right, I'm going to do my impression. Okay. Can you see God? Have you ever seen him? I've never seen the wind. I've seen the effects of the wind, but I've never seen the wind. There's a mystery to it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty bad.
1: How'd I do? bad. I asked after you answered. I thought, in in my mind's eye, that was spot on.
0: Can you see God? Have you ever seen it? I've never seen the wind. I see the effects of the wind, but I've never seen the wind.
1: Can you see the wind? There's a mystery to
0: Yeah. And then, okay. So we got the, we, we legit got Billy Graham in there. So that really helps us center this and like, yes, this is just a part of his freaking crusades. Um, that's all this is. But it is sad. It's like, in my mind's eye, I see your face. You smile as you show me grace. Um, and I just feel sad for people who are like, this is how I'm going to get comfort in the world and this is how I'm going to get through the world. And it seems really, really good. And I just am like, you know, in two years, it'll have been what, 30 years since this album came out. But m- many people have been in that kind of a space, trying to cultivate an inner relationship with Jesus. Um, and I just, I don't see positives. Like, I know, again, you're saying there are people who engage in these spiritual practices in ways that are helpful, which is why I think I've shied away from really looking into this. But then, as soon as you start looking up brainwashing tactics, you're like, wait, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. When does that stop and the brainwashing begin? And I'm just like, well, here's a really good example of the brainwashing part. Mm-hmm. And that's Billy Graham.
1: Yeah. yeah. Do you ever think about I know that you've been down the Dobson hole.
0: Uh huh. Oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> TN. No. I'm no. Ah! I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> um,. We are getting off the rails today. Um, <laughs> would you ever do a uh, a Billy Graham? You know, go down the hole of Billy well, Graham. You,
0: I thought you were doing that. I thought I you were the one. I, I,
1: I mean, I wrote about him in my book yeah. about that sermon, but I feel like there's so much. I feel like in so many ways. I remember those tapes came out. About oh, I mean, him his saying,
0: rabid anti-Semitism. Right. Yes.
1: But I feel like if someone were to do some digging, yeah. I feel like his image has been so carefully curated. Oh yeah. That if you just pulled back a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have not done any of that work and I I do remember going to the Christianity Today offices and like the Billy Graham Museum was closed at Wheaton, so I didn't go to that either, but just That's why you didn't go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wanted to because that was the first time I was like this is really weird. Like, mm-hmm. this is really weird. The way we are treating him as, like, this hallowed figure. And I think mm-hmm. that's what sparked me to be, like, something's off. Yeah. Y- you know what I mean? Like, right. yeah. the, ha- yeah. the hagiography of it all is, like, mm-mm. mm-mm. You're going to have to mm-mm. tell me
1: what that word means.
0: Well, just, like, <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> This is what happens when you're married <laughs> okay, to someone okay, who's smarter out, than you. No,
0: okay, cut out all my uh, blatherings. But like a hagiography is like a biography written about somebody, but like all positives, right? Oh.
1: Like uh-huh. they
0: are on the path to sainthood. And so since evangelicalism doesn't have sainthood, right, what we have is- Museums at Wheaton. Museums at Wheaton. And like the Christianity offices, take like so many pictures of Billy Graham everywhere. And so mm-hmm. that's where I was like, I don't come from like a saint culture. So when I was surrounded by it, I was like, they made him into a saint? Like, this seems really bad yeah. Um. Uh-huh. to me. And that's when I was like, I'm, you know, I was already on my way out, but that was very telling to me. Yeah. Okay, we get to go to the last song. Yeah. You ready? Uh-huh. First of all, you guys probably don't even know what this is. Because if you were like us, it had a CD or whatever. It's like... How many minutes of silence on the last secret track?
1: I think a a few, yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, and then explain to us what it is, Crispin. It's called Alas, My Love.
1: Yeah, and it is uh, this, you know, orchestral music uh, and Kevin Max um, doing some poetry.
0: He wrote a poem. Yep. Okay. Alas, my love, you say goodbye. Wipe the
1: poison from my brow. And uh, And
0: he really thought he was doing something (laughs) here. That's (laughs) what I'll say. That's what I'll say.
1: Alas, my love, you say goodbye. Wipe the poison from my brow. I don't even know what this means. You were the target audience for this. It's true. So like, Mm -hmm. did you
0: like this when you were?
1: I don't think I knew about it, really. But I mean, I I think I've said it before, but I went on to listen to Kevin Max's music afterward. And Uh it was very artsy, Uh you know? So, yeah, the, the first, like, four lines are, like, don't make a lot of sense to me. You know, alas, my love, you say goodbye, wipe the poison from my brow, and my love, this guilty night, it gives me up like a foster child. Uh-huh. Just this weird, like, gobbledygook. I You know, I'm kind of hearing it as, like, I feel bad about myself, like I've made a mistake or something like that. Uh, you know, kind of artsy. And then I feel like it takes this turn Towards Carmen Land,
0: he he goes full Carmen.
1: Yes, like it just feels so like the the tone of his voice. Yeah, right. Um, It's
0: very much like the Witch's Invitation. Uh huh.
1: Exactly. No candle burning vigil could light the way. Darkness hit the ground like a fallen satellite. He wrestled until morning with human souls and dark angels there he finished his work on the third day remember right like you can you can just imagine it at a you know a church and he's doing a skit and there's this you know music in the background um and of course right it has to resolve with um you know there he finished his work on the third day
0: yeah that's it Short, weird, doesn't make sense, stupid. Carmen, adjacent. That's how I feel about it.
1: That's how they end the album. What, I mean,
0: do you think Kevin Max was like, "Fine, I'll do all this Billy Graham propaganda if you let me do a weird poem at the end"? I bet so. Because I yeah. do feel like he was like, "I need to do this." You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I have to do something artsy. But it's a very emergent church, if you ask yes, me. <laughs> that's
1: true. <laughs> yes, that I mean, like I said, a skit at church, but it also makes me think a of candles
0: like candles lit mm-hmm. and weird velvet couches and
1: right a Good Friday service, yes. right oh, where you yes. go like candles go yes. around and like the stations of the cross, but they're like all artistic pieces by like the artist in residence, and then you yeah. have the the poet the poet in residence yeah. doing this thing exactly. But I mean, it's one way to end an album, and we. Have finished
0: it. Oh my gosh, we made it to the end. It is finished. We finished our work. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> it was finished. So, anyways, we pinpointed um, basically where all of our religious drama comes from, and right. we actually worked through it, and we're totally fine, totally chill totally happy people now so i'm really glad we did this season
1: we're gonna have to Um, dig up that that meme we made again (laughs) because it was a a tidal wave right about to crash over us Uh and i feel like we are just you can just imagine in the tidal wave or you know something like that well
0: the tidal wave has happened but the tidal wave is the news and the tidal wave is white christians making horrible laws in so many states, targeting trans people, targeting, you know, black books, black educators, like any history that contradicts like this white supremacist, Christian, Billy Graham approved narrative of America. Like that's the actual tidal wave. And us doing this work to go back and to think about albums like Jesus Freak is is a part of the work we want to do as a way of Um, dealing with our own religious trauma but also as a means of harm reduction right as we don't want to perpetuate these narratives we were fed and given by folks like billy graham dc talk liberty university jerry falwell um it's not fun like it's not fun to go back and be like oh let's research this thing uh that i grew up at evangelical christianity oops all these people are really bad like oh no like I, i'm tired of this doing this work like mm-hmm. i am tired but it's mm-hmm. our reality this is what we were given um and i think it was really important for me to address some of the books that came along with this album um and just that whole martyrdom complex we didn't even really get into it as much as i would have liked but it's so problematic and and the threads have just grown as far as like this approach to engaging with, with culture, being a Jesus freak now means being like horrifically anti-trans to the mm-hmm. point where you want people to snitch on their neighbors and have their, you know, gender nonconforming kids taken away from them. Like that's where we are at. Mm-hmm. This is happening in the state of Missouri. Like this is happening in Florida, Arkansas, like people are moving from these States. Like, it is happening, you guys. We've got to do the work and stand up to the people in our lives who believe this awful, awful way of being in the world, where they're the only ones who are right, and everyone must convert to their way of life. And it's it's totally related to Billy Graham. Mm-hmm. It's totally related to this album. Um, we have to do this work if if we want it to be okay for our kids to thrive and survive. Mm-hmm. So. Mic drop. Um. That's, I think that's a great
1: way to end this series. I don't think that there's, you know, we could go on and on. Um, but we'll have more conversations in the future. I think that looking at, like, yeah, what were all these dynamics in the 90s? And how are they still present today? How have they played out? I think is just so important. And I think, um, yeah, I, I think the theme that we keep coming back to here is that piece of, like, self-trust. I think that's so important, actually, not only for our own health, but for us to be able to make ethical decisions yeah, as
0: well. Exactly. Um. So we are going to take a little break, and we're just so grateful everyone who's supported us on Patreon. Um, we're still trying to figure out like how to make this work as far as like mental load and and making a little bit of money. So we're we're figuring some stuff out. We are excited about taking some creative risks because you know, we really enjoy doing a podcast together. Mm-hmm. But as we've mentioned in the past few episodes, like we're kind of tired of trying to study and figure out like what's wrong with white evangelicalism. You know, like we've been doing that for a while. Um And so we are going to do something new for our, our next season. And I don't know if we actually want to talk about it right now, if we still want to like, you know, we could talk about our patron only episode later too. Yeah, that's what
1: I was thinking. Um
0: but just know like we're we are hard at work and we're very excited about our next project. It's gonna be a bit of a pivot. But I do think um it's just it's time. And you know, we can always come back. There's no um lack of evangelical artifacts we could always talk about. We can come right. back and talk about um you know.
1: Yeah. We're really excited to keep having conversations like we've been having this season. Um, And, you know, there will be some changes as well. So we're so excited. But
0: thanks for being on this journey with us. If you liked this season, um, you know, share it. We always forget to ask people to like, like, rate and review our podcast. But those are all things that really help. Um, We've just been slowly and steadily growing. And, uh, yeah, it's just nice to know that there is this community Mm -hmm. um, of folks struggling along.
1: And also, if you, if you want to continue this conversation, we have our Facebook group for our Patreon members. Um, it's been really fun to talk about all these things in there. And, you know, these episodes bring up a lot for folks. Mm-hmm. And I love that um, there's also an element of, like, show and tell of, like, this was this thing from my childhood that yeah. we related, which awesome. has been really fun. So yeah. thank you all so much for the support. And we will be back soon with a new season.
0: Crispin, we made it. We made it through the Jesus Freak album. I know. I'm so proud of us.
1: It is a, a pinnacle. This is this is a lot of
0: tracks. I'm going to go eat a cupcake.
1: Yeah, we got to celebrate.
0: Uh-huh.
1: All right. Thanks, y'all. Bye. Hey, Crispin here, and I just wanted to make a little last note. The Patreon-only episode we mentioned earlier is already up. Um, we talked about a question that we get a lot, which is... What's your relationship like with your evangelical parents? So we talked about the complicated experience of deconstructing and deconverting while your parents are still very evangelical. Um, We also share about what the next season of this podcast is going to be. So if you want to hear that Patreon-only episode, you can join us at Patreon. Uh, The link is in the show notes. We hope you'll listen in over there. Thanks. This has been an episode of the Prophetic Imagination Station podcast. Become a Patreon supporter for as little as $1.50 a month and join our community with extra episodes and a Facebook group to talk about Jesus freak, religious trauma, and growing up evangelical. You can find us online at propheticimaginationstation.com as well as Instagram and Twitter. Until next time, thanks for listening.